You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. Hopefully you're all back in the swing of things with your work week after the long holiday weekend. But a lot to get to as usual here on the podcast. BYU releases their annual athletics report with some interesting comments from BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. We'll talk a little bit about that on today's podcast. We'll also get to our player countdown series, the best Cougar to have worn the number 58 in a BYU uniform and a mea culpa from your host, yours truly. We'll also get to everything else going on in BYU Sports News, a couple of other notes to add on today's show as well. So all of it today is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA, good friends of ours in Orem. We'll tell you about them as the podcast rolls out on today's show. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 7th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Reminder for you guys that we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as sharing with you insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So big thank you for your continued support of this podcast. This is our 42nd straight day with a podcast. Uh, You guys may think that's pretty marvelous. I see it as a fun thing. I love talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this. And we will continue right on up through the kickoff of the college football season, which we hope is happening September 5th. We talked about on yesterday's podcast, if you didn't hear it, some growing concern with regards to that. But hey, until told otherwise, we are going to plow forward and plan on an on-time start for college football and looking forward to that taking place. As I said in the open, 58 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season. We'll get to our player countdown series here in just a second. But before we do that, I wanted to talk today about Tom Homo and his comments in BYU's annual athletics report that was released yesterday on social media and just online and overall. Uh, interesting part about this is Tom Homo obviously does not speak to the media a lot. He usually does his annual media summit roundtable. takes place once a year. It used to be twice a year. And outside of that, they're really the only other time that BYU fans or media get a chance to hear from Homo on BYU Athletics is during BYU's annual education week. He usually does a presentation and then has a Q&A session that some media members usually are in attendance at. But this year, obviously, with Education Week being moved online, that's not going to happen. So Tom Homo wrote a 500-word open letter, I guess I could call it, to BYU fans in their annual athletics report that was sent out yesterday. And an interesting part about this, I had missed this, and I appreciate Tom Homo and BYU pointing this out, but BYU, after what they did during the fall season, which completed all of their sports, a national championship in men's uh, cross-country, a nice run by the women's volleyball team, etc. And then combine that with what what was appearing to be some deep runs for men's volleyball, men's basketball. Speaking of postseason honors, uh, you could argue that other sports were going to make a deep run as well, track and field, etc. But in this, Tom Homo pointed out that BYU was on track to finish the 2019-2020 school year in the top 10 in the Learfield IMG College Directors' Cup final standings. 
Uh, the Cup was officially canceled on March 19th with all of the spring sports being canceled. So no overall winner was awarded for this year. Normally, it's an annual award handed out to Stanford because they, by far, sponsor the most sports and they just got elite uh, talent all over the board on that. But BYU... Finishing inside the top 10 in the Learfield IMG Cup standings would have been an absolutely marvelous uh, finish for them. And it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see the end of the season and see where the Cougars might have ended up. They could have even ended up inside the top five. And that obviously would have been one of their finest finishes, if not their finest finish in those Cup director standings in their history. I just look at it and it's just one of those things that BYU... Their overall depth and talent of the overall athletic department at Brigham Young University is astounding. Obviously, people want to see the BYU football program rise back to prominence and really be a part of this. We've seen other sports, men's volleyball, men's cross country, women's cross country who finished second in the nation this past season, kind of got overlooked by the national championship for the men's team. Track and field teams do wonderful things. Both volleyball programs are elite. The tennis programs are on the come. You're seeing a lot of good talent, baseball and softball doing great things, no doubt. You look at all these other sports and what they're doing contributes to BYU's overall presence nationally. But the one thing that's holding them back right now is the fact that football cannot have one of those so-called special seasons. Might we see that this fall if college football is played? You never know. But it feels like there's just one missing piece for BYU, and that is the football program being an elite or a highly thought of football program nationally, the entering the national consciousness. That's, just, that's not to say that BYU isn't in the national consciousness as a football program. They are. They're playing on national TV more often than they are not. But when you go 7-6, seven 7-6, and 4-9, six, 9-4, and, six, four and, nine, nine and what, 4, I think, in Kalani Satake's first year, it's not good enough. Plain and simple, it is just not good enough. And BYU needs to have a season where they can get to double-digit wins and really enter the nation's kind of consciousness and really say, hey, we are a top 25 caliber program once again. Is that out of the question for BYU football in this day and age of college football? Hey, the, the numbers and how BYU has finished the last three seasons would suggest that. But I do think that they have an opportunity here to capture a market share if they can put together a season that is so-called special season. You win 10, 11 games against the schedule the caliber BYU is facing this year with six Power 5 opponents. Really only one cupcake on the schedule that I see, and that is your FCS opponent in North Alabama. Outside of that, all 11 other games that BYU is currently contracted to play, very tough against good teams and elite teams at that, some of them. So... It feels like Tom Homo was on to something saying, hey, this could have been one of the best years, if not the best year for BYU in terms of their overall depth of the athletic department. But the crown jewel of the athletic department is the football program. It pays the bills. It draws the most eyeballs. And this goes for almost every college athletic department around the country. But when your football program isn't of the caliber that BYU fans obviously want it to be, it just seems a little bit hollow. I, I'm I'm great with BYU and Tom Homo crowing about the fact that they have a great year overall in their athletics, but you need to get football going. What can get football going? I don't know, but they need to figure it out. Uh, One other part of this, and it's something interesting here that Tom Homo talked about. He said that BYU fans generously gave financially to support the athletic programs. How much of that generous support went to the football program? tell you this much. 
BYU, I've said this before and I'll say it again on this podcast. I'm going to be a broken record on this. If BYU wants to be a big dog in college football like they were in the late 1970s, throughout the 1980s, well into the 1990s, even the early 2000s, for a time under Bronco Mendenhall in the mid-2000s, they had great runs where they were considered an annual top 25 caliber program. If they want to get back to it in this day and age, the 2020s of college football, cash is king. Put the money where it's going to be used the best. I'm not saying that you need to completely gut the rest of the athletic department to fund the football program, but there are people out there, and I'm telling you this is true, that would like to put money directly into BYU football, but are being told, Thank you for the donation. We'll determine where it goes, speaking from BYU's perspective. That's not how it should be. If a person goes to Brigham Young University, goes to Tom Holmo or whoever else in the athletic department, one of the uh, sponsors or whatever, they go to him and say, you know what? I want to put X number of dollars into BYU football. That's what it should be earmarked for. It should not be earmarked that we'll do as we see with it. That needs to go away. That mentality needs to go away because if BYU football truly wants to be a national player, They've got to have more money. They've got to have the resources to compete. And like I said, you can have a well-rounded athletic department. We've seen this from BYU Sports just this past year. One of the best years it looked like on record for BYU Sports as a whole. But like I said, without football doing what you expect it to do, and that's have maybe a 10-win season and be a top 25 caliber program, a program that people, the national talking heads so-called, are talking about, it just feels hollow. So for BYU truly, I think, to be have fans crowing about the fact, you know what, we're really good in all sports, but football's leading the way, that would mean a lot for the football program, for BYU, and for fans in general. But they need to get out of their own way and stop saying, you know what, we're going to divide this evenly. Let the big program, speaking mainly of BYU football and men's basketball, let the big dogs eat. They get the lion's share of the, of the revenue. They generate the lion's share of the revenue. Let them have the lion's share of the revenue to use as they see fit. All right, I'll step off my soapbox now. We'll continue talking BYU football here in just a second, but it's just something I look at. It's nice to see BYU athletics having a banner year. There's no doubt about it. But until football is back among the nation's elite, I'm telling you guys, you may disagree with me. Feel free and let me know if you do. It just feels hollow to a degree, and that's just my take on it. All right, we'll talk about the best Cougars who have worn the number 58 in BYU history as we count you down towards BYU and Utah kicking off the season. Coming up here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do need to pass along to you guys or tell you guys, I guess not pass along, but tell you guys about our good friends at Biomat USA. Biomat USA is a plasma resource center in Orem, Utah that is in critical, urgent need of your guys' plasma donations. More especially, if you've had COVID-19, you've had the coronavirus and you've recovered from it, or you suspect you may have had it, they need your guys' donations, especially now, because their parent company, Griffles, which is a national company, it's all over the country, they've actually been selected by the government to be part of the foremost research into how convalescent plasma, the antibodies, and people who have recovered from COVID-19 can help fight the virus off, hopefully create a vaccine, etc. If you guys think you've had COVID-19, 
or if you have had it, you know you've had it and you've recovered from it, go see our friends at Biomat USA. They need your donations now. They're open throughout the day, early mornings into the late evenings. They can fit your schedule whenever you're able to stop by. Their location, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. If you know where the University Mall is, they're right across the street. You know where the Sizzler is at? Across the street there, Big Five Sporting Goods. They're right there in the general vicinity. Easy to find, easy to stop by, and they'd be happy to help you guys. And they, like I said, they need your donations, especially if you think you've had COVID-19 or if you know you've had it and you've recovered from the disease. That plasma is an urgent critical need. I can't express that enough, how urgent and critical they need need those donations. But also those of you who have not had the disease and just want to help out your fellow man, all plasma donations are appreciated at Biomat USA. All of the plasma they collect goes into life-saving medical technology, serums, uh, whatever you will, to help other people with myriad of ailments and diseases. They're helping out their fellow men, the people that go and donate at Biomat USA. So take advantage of it. And the best part is Biomat USA is paying you guys when you donate. The more you donate throughout the month, the more money you can make. So if you've had a downturn financially due to COVID-19, the pandemic, etc., this is an opportunity to reward yourself, get some money put into your pocket while also helping out your fellow man. So stop on by, guys. That's Biomat USA, 349 East, University Parkway in Orem. Feel free to stop by anytime. They can help you guys out. 5.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Their phone number, if you want to learn more, ask them some questions is 801 801- 235-9800. Once again, 801-235-9800. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, a proud sponsor with us here on Locked on Cougars. If you guys will permit me, I need to issue an apology, and that goes to all of you. The past two days, I'm not going to lie, I have not done the fan vote on the player countdown series. It's just been a, a series of mistakes on my part, thinking, okay, I'll do this later, and then I forget to do it. So, my apologies. Yesterday, I thought it was an easy selection with Kyle Whittingham as number 59, one of the best players in BYU football history, even though he is now on the other side of that rivalry as the head coach at the University of Utah. I felt like he would have won the fan vote pretty easily. Today's, though, I thought was a little closer and would have held a little more intrigue. But like I said, I need to apologize. I did not get the poll out in time for you guys to vote on it. I will have a poll out for number 57. I can promise you that. I will put my reputation on the line, so to say. And I will make sure that we have that poll up in short order so you guys can vote on that. But today I wanted to talk about the top three candidates I felt like for this award as we count down the best players to have worn the number 58 in BYU history. Let's start off with Robert Stevens. You might know him as Bob Stevens. He's been a high school coach here locally along the Wasatch Front for a number of years. Well, he played from 1987 to 1990, corresponding with some of the best years under Ty Detmer's uh, tenure as BYU's quarterback. He was actually the center that snapped the ball for to Ty Detmer, especially in 1989 and 1990. He was a two-time all-conference honoree in the WAC, a great player who signed a free agent contract with the New England Patriots after his playing days concluded in 1990. And like I said, has been a fixture here locally. I think he worked mostly at Alta High School. For a time, he was actually the head coach. I think he took over for Les Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken. Those of you who are a little more familiar with Alta Hawks football Ball, may have to correct me on that if I'm wrong, but I do believe he took over when Les Hamilton left in, I think, 2010. 
Uh, so yeah, Bob Stevens, one of our finalists. You, you can't leave a guy off an offensive lineman, especially who snapped to Ty Detmer for a large chunk of his career and then ended up getting a free agent contract in the NFL and a two-time all-conference honoree off this list. We also had Chris Hoke, a fantastic player for BYU in the mid to late 1990s. Went on to have a stellar career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two Super Bowls in that run as a a standout nose tackle for BYU. Chris now lives back on the East Coast. His son is actually committed to play at BYU. And Chris, if you were to see him in his playing days, both at BYU and especially in the NFL, as to compare to what he looks like now, you'd see two different men it feels like. Chris has slimmed down significantly, didn't feel like he needed to hold on to all of that weight after his playing days in the NFL, and he he cut it, he, he shed the weight. Uh, so I can't commend him enough. A lot of guys struggle with that transition from professional football to the next phase of their life, I guess you could say. But Chris Hoke, a fantastic player for BYU throughout his days as a Cougar, and like I said, on into the NFL. Uh, Hoke was at all MWSC, all Mountain West Conference second team selection as a senior. Excuse me. He totaled 135 tackles, 13 sacks, and 39 tackles for loss during his career at BYU. He was undrafted, but like I said, went on for 11 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers and won two Super Bowls. And then the one other person I wanted to talk about in our three greatest players to have worn this number today was Steve Kalfusi. Obviously the father of Bronson and Corbin Kalfusi and Devin Kalfusi who recently transferred to the University of Utah. Steve was a great player for BYU. You may think he was a defensive end for BYU. He actually played linebacker for most of his career. Had 74 tackles, 9 sacks as an interception during his career as a Cougar. Played for the Philadelphia Eagles for a couple of years in the late 80s and then went on to a coaching career starting out at the University of Utah under Ron McBride. Then came to BYU and had a great run as a defensive line coach for BYU before hanging it up. And uh, Steve Kafusi is a hard one to leave off this list. But my pick today is the best Cougar to have worn this number, number 58 in BYU history. It's Chris Hoke. Uh, I thought Chris was a standout player for BYU. I work with Hans Olsen on a day-to-day basis at the Zone Sports Network. And Hans has told me that Chris Hoke is just the salt of the earth, but also one of the best football players that didn't get heralded maybe as much as he should have during his time as a Cougar. And he was fairly heralded, I think, as a BYU Cougar. And you can't... uh, you can't ignore the 11 years as an undrafted free agent with the Pittsburgh Steelers and two Super Bowl titles in that run. But regardless, Chris Hoke is my pick today as the greatest Cougar to have worn the number 58. I really felt like had the play, the fan vote gone out, and I, like I said, I apologize once again for my just overall laziness, I guess we'll call it, the last two days on this fan vote on the Locked On Cougars Twitter feed. But I feel like the fan vote would have come down to a, a, whoever likes Steve Kafusi or Chris Hoke more. I think most of you, most of you would have opted for Chris Hoke, but I think a number of you would have opted for Steve Kafusi. Combined his time as a Cougar playing and also his time as a coach at BYU, Steve's been a fixture for the Cougars for a number of years, but I felt like both of them very much strong candidates. And not to leave Bob Stevens out of the mix, I think he was a good player in his own right. And I think we had three valuable and worthy candidates for the best Cougar to have worn that number in BYU history. Number 58 right now for BYU is Uriah Leatawa. I am looking forward to seeing Uriah really take off in his senior year at BYU this year. He is one of the better pass rushers on BYU's roster, and I know their pass rush was 
pathetic in a word last year in 2019, but Uriah probably had the best year of all of the pass rushers on BYU's squad. We've talked about this in the past on the podcast. He's one of few players on BYU squad to generate double digit pressures throughout the season. I think now that he's fully healthy, he's talked in the past about the fact that for a year or two of his career at BYU, he had back injuries that severely limited him. Those are firmly in the rearview mirror, and you look forward to seeing what he can do this year as BYU's, I guess we'd call it an opposite end. How BYU goes about with their defensive line is they have their two, they have their nose tackle and defensive tackle who are chiefly run stoppers. They have their traditional defensive end position is also a guy who's expected to set the edge and really be a run stopper in his own right. Think of guys like Zach Daw currently on the roster who are kind of fit that mold. The opposite end is kind of what a, a a hybrid linebacker defensive end role should be for BYU. And they're expected to be the guy that can really generate pressure from wherever they're lined up on the field. The hope is this year that Uriah Leatawa can lead the way for BYU and hopefully generate more sacks and really help wreak some havoc in the backfield for BYU. Can other guys step up in that role? Absolutely. Tyler Batty's been a guy that BYU fans have clamored for since he returned from his mission. As a true freshman, I think it might be a little too large of a task to take on that role and really become the leader as a pass rusher, but who's to say that it couldn't happen? But I look forward to seeing the current number 58 on BYU's roster, Uriah Leatawa, hopefully go out with a bang this year. I'm hopeful the college football season is played. I know there's concerns with that. Like I said, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast, and I'm guessing it'll be a topic throughout the rest of the summer as we are 58 days away from BYU expecting to kick off their season but I look at it, and I think Uriah Leatawa is poised to have a great senior campaign, and I'm hoping he accomplishes just that. All right, there you go. Some thoughts on the best player or players to have worn the number 58 in BYU history. We'll switch gears a little bit here, catch up on some of their BYU news and notes we haven't touched on quite yet here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that the support of this podcast, well, it's great, but I need your guys' help to continue to build the audience. What I am asking you to do is something I've asked you multiple times in the past to do, but I'm going to ask you again. I need you guys to leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Of course, this podcast is available across the full spectrum of podcast services. Think of Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, the Himalaya Podcast app, Overcast, Pocket Cast, just to name a number of them. But Apple Podcasts, and still today, is the leader in terms of people most listened to podcast service. I know that sounds really weird. I probably just mangled the English language saying that. But most of you listen, the statistics bear this out, on Apple Podcasts. Spotify is really climbing right now. They've done a great job marketing podcasts on their system. But Apple is still the king. And I need you guys to leave us a rating and review. I've actually got some plans in the works here coming up in coming days and weeks where I'm actually going to raffle off some BYU gear to people who leave us ratings and reviews. And it's not going to be like, well, if you're the 150th, I think we're actually at 150 ratings right now. If you're the 150th person to rate the podcast, you win this. That's not how I'm going to go about it. All people who leave us a rating and review, and that review, you can leave us a sentence or two, what you like about the podcast, what you'd like us to improve, whatever it might be. You guys will be entered into these upcoming giveaways for BYU gear I've, I've got my hands on. So if you guys want to get a head start on this, leave those ratings and reviews. Really help us build this audience, build the podcast audience, and also use the word of mouth. Share it with your family and friends. I mentioned this over the over the holiday weekend this past weekend. 
If you have BYU fans in your life that may not know what a podcast is and maybe don't know what this podcast is, share it with them. Tell them it's a daily source for BYU sports news. And a big thank you for you guys for your continued support in the past. But a reminder for you, leave those five-star ratings, leave us a review, and you will be entered into. And that's not going to leave the people who have already left ratings and reviews. We're going to have all these people. You're going to have your opportunity to get your hands on some BYU gear that I've got my hands on. And that'll be part of something that we're doing coming up here in coming days and weeks. So make sure to leave those ratings and reviews and a big thank you in advance for your continued support of us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. Wanted to talk about BYU, I guess former BYU star Jimmer Fredette. He is a free agent in basketball once again. He was playing for Panathinaikos this past year in Greece. Originally assigned a two-year contract with the club, but it's been hit hard due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the downturn globally with the markets as they are. Well, Panathinaikos really is struggling financially. They've actually released uh, Jimmer Fredette from his contract. He will be a free agent. Uh, their team president, Takis Trian. Triantopoulos confirmed that Fredette will not be back for a second year of a two-year contract with the team. Quote, he is informed that he is free to go. His agent also knows this, and he is on the market for a new team. We're waiting for any new development, uh, Triantopoulos said during a press conference last week at PureEuroHoops.net. Jimmer's going to get paid. He's going to have a chance to maybe go back to China. He could link up with another EuroLeague team. He showed his ability to play in the second-best league in the world. A lot of people think that the EuroLeague is the second-best league outside of the NBA globally. And he has proven that he is a bona fide scorer at whatever level of basketball you want him to play at. And I still think he could show that in the NBA were he given the opportunity to do so. But it's not going to happen at this point of his career. He's going to get paid. I would like to see him go back to China, maybe go back to play for the Shanghai Sharks, where he really had his most success as a professional basketball player to date. He really had that city, the lonely master, the lonely god, as they called him in that city. He had a good thing going in China. It'd be cool to see him go back there, but we'll be tracking this for you going forward and see where he ends up. But I can tell you this much, Jimmer Fredette's not done being paid big bucks to play basketball internationally, and he's making a name for himself. International icon, yes, guess what? You can still do some great things with that. A football note as well in the college football the NFL transition is that Aleva Hifo was the subject of a piece on Chiefs Wire, which is a part of the USA Today of sports media group, family of websites. They're actually doing a lot of work on incoming undrafted free agents as well as athletes who are drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. An interesting tidbit in this, the Chiefs Wire thinks that Aleva Hifo has a great opportunity to fit with the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe latch on as an undrafted free agent this year. They talked about this, like a number of the undrafted free agents that Kansas City added following the 2020 NFL draft, Hefo has experience as a punt returner and kick returner. They said that the Chiefs are looking for someone to take over as a return specialist from Miko Hardman. He takes on a larger role with the Chiefs offense. You may have seen yesterday a $500 million, $503 million contract for one Patrick Mahomes. Man, that's a lot of money. Well, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid obviously is a creative mind. He's done some great things in his career to this point in the NFL. But Chiefs Wire actually thinks that Aleva Hifo could be a guy that could fit as a return specialist for the Chiefs while also earning himself a role in the kind of a specialist position on the Chiefs offense. It says Reid always has a need for gadget players and he knows how to develop them to get the most out of them. Tyreek Hill and Mikko Hardman are the only receivers from the Super Bowl team under contract beyond the 2020 season. 
And here's the kicker. The biggest part of this says Hefo has as good of a chance as any of the undrafted free agent receivers to be the one that sticks with the Kansas City Chiefs. It would be fantastic to see a young man like that make good on his NFL dreams. And playing for a guy who's got BYU ties never hurts. Andy Reid has shown that with guys like Reno Mahe in the past. And Reno's a good comp, I think, for what Aleva Hifo could be in the NFL as a return guy, but also carves out a niche role for himself on offense. We'll see what happens, but it's cool to hear a, a website like Chiefs Wire really believe in a guy like Aleva Hifo, and we're wishing him nothing but the best as he chases his professional future in the NFL. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you for your continued support. As I've said multiple times, I love talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. Come back each and every day as we talk about the latest when it comes to BYU sports. 58 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season. 57 days away tomorrow. And we'll, of course, we'll be counting it down each and every day as we get you ready for the college football season upcoming. Today's show has been brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Feel free to stop by, donate some plasma, help out your fellow man, and also put some money in your pocket as well. That'll do it for a Tuesday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well, staying home, staying safe. Wear those masks when you're in close quarters with people who are not your family. Let's all be smart and flatten the curve so that way we can have sports back in our lives in short order. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 7th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.